Bible, it talks about offering our bodies as living sacrifices, our bodies being holy and pleasing unto God. And so when I'm talking about cleaning house, I'm talking about our bodies being prepared to be pure and holy before the Lord. And specifically, I'm going to be talking about our words, our, what, what we're watching through our eyes and what we're allowing our ears to hear. So it's time to clean house with our attitude. It's time to clean house with the way that we speak. Because when you get saved, somebody should be able to tell the difference. How do you think somebody's going to know that you're saved? You can very easily discern somebody's spiritual maturity by the way they talk. And I don't, it doesn't matter if somebody's been saved for 20 years. It doesn't even matter if they're a leader in their church. If they do not talk properly with words of faith, if they do not talk like the way the Bible says we should speak, then that is my number one way of discerning how spiritually mature somebody is. Because when you've been saved for a long time, it should, we should be able to tell by your speech. People should be able to tell by the way you carry yourself, by the way you respond to other people's jokes, especially if they're not, you know, not decent jokes. And so that is an indicator, and the Bible clearly says that. If a tree is good, the fruit will be good. So if your tree is bad, your words are going to be bad. That's going to be your fruit. The Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. In Proverbs 18.21, the power of life and death is in your tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And I liked it because when uh, Griselda and Suellen started making disciples, they would hear their disciples talk in a certain way. And they'd say to them, you like that? Go eat your words. Eat your words now if that's how you want to talk. Because there's a way that you speak that's going to bear fruit in your life. I want you guys to clearly understand the power of life and death is in your tongue. So if you want to speak death and destruction, then treat your children bad and let your words always be swear words. Let your words always be condescending. No praise to your children. Speak death over them. That's exactly what's going to happen because that's how powerful your words will be to your family. If you want your children to succeed, if you want to be kind to your coworkers, let that come through the words that you speak. Speak life into everybody in your family. Speak life into everybody around you because that's how powerful our words are. Is everybody in Matthew chapter 12? Turn to verse 33. It says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruits. Everybody say, I will be recognized by my fruit. And your words is one of the types of the fruit that you should bear in your life. Verse 34, Jesus right here in this passage of Scripture is talking to the Pharisees. So he's talking to the religious people, the ones that profess they know God, okay? He says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so before I could tell you how to guard your words, how to watch your words, I've got to teach you how to guard your heart. So we're going to get into that in just a second. So just know that out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth will speak. You cannot hide the sin in your life. You cannot hide the attitude of your heart because it will come out in your words. Good people bring good things out of the good stored up in them, and evil people bring out evil things out of the evil stored up in them. But I tell you that people will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. So how many of you guys think that Jesus is very serious about the way you're going to be speaking in your life? He says, by your words you will either be acquitted of the charges held against you on judgment day, or by your very words you're going to be condemned. 
And so we have to make sure that we're ready to clean house. Because in Revelations, he says he's coming back for a bride that is spotless, blameless, and clean. He's coming for a bride that has made herself ready. And I say that a lot when I'm on the microphone because it's just something that has been so, such an impact in my life. The bride has made herself ready. Okay? When you get ready for your wedding day, you get yourself ready. You don't, people don't get you out of the bed. When I was preparing to get ready to put on my wedding dress and do my hair, I went to go get my hair done to the place that was going to do it for me. I went to the place to go get my makeup done. I put my dress on, even though I had help with that, okay? You make yourself ready. We as a bride of Christ have to make ourselves ready. And these are the ways that we're going to do it. The first thing is we have to guard our mind. Because the Bible says, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. We are a three-part being. We're body, soul, and spirit. The body is obviously our flesh. Our spirit is the connection that we have to God. And our soul is made up of three things, mind, will, and emotions. And so our soul is where our heart is. It's where our, our mind is. It's our thoughts. It's our feelings. And so in order for you to be able to watch your words, first I have to talk to you about guarding your mind. I want you guys to turn to Romans chapter 12. And if you don't know how to work the Bible, there's always a table of contents in the beginning. So if you are new and you're learning and you really want to know the books of the Bible, you could always go to the table of contents. The books are divided in Old Testament and New Testament. And right now I'm going to read from Romans. That's in the New Testament. Romans chapter 12. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. And I want to stop right there. It says, Our bodies is a living sacrifice unto God. In the Old Testament, when God commanded the Israelites to bring sacrifices to to the tabernacle to atone for their sin, he specifically told them, bring a lamb without defect. You cannot offer your body as a pure, holy, and pleasing sacrifice unto God when you still have junk in your heart, when we still don't know how to talk, when we still don't know how to treat our brother and our sister, when there's still sin in our life. The Bible says, offer your body holy and pleasing to God. This is true worship. So if you want to be a worshiper, it doesn't matter how good you sing, it doesn't matter how, you know, what kind of key you can hold or that you have rhythm with beats. You are a true worshiper. True worship is you offering your body as a living sacrifice unto God. Verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not be conformed to this world. How are some of the ways that we can easily be transformed, uh, conformed to this world? I think the obvious that I'm going to focus on for for the purpose of my message is movies that we watch and the secular music that we're still listening to. When you get saved, you shouldn't be listening to booty-bumping music anymore. You shouldn't be listening to any type of music that doesn't glorify God. MySpace? Who has MySpace? My space means that's your space. How are you representing your space? If all you have on your my space is secular music, guess what? You're not shining your light and you're not acting like a Christian. In order for you to guard your mind, you cannot be conformed to the pattern of this world. When you listen to secular music, you're allowing your ears 
to hear things that are not glorifying God. You guard your mind by watching what your eyes see and guarding what your ears hear. When you're watching movies that are not pleasing to God, if you're watching a movie and it's kind of iffy, just think to yourself, Jesus is right there. Do you think that Jesus would want to watch that movie? If you could say to yourself, I can watch this knowing that God is in this room, then you should be okay. If you can't watch a movie when your kids are in the room, you shouldn't watch it either. Because we shouldn't be in a position where we can say, well, you know what, this isn't really for my children. I'm going to wait to watch it until they go to sleep. Because your kids will do what you do. Okay, so I'm talking about right now, in order for us to guard our mind, we need to guard our eyes and our ears. Luke 11:33. I want us all to turn there. Your children will do exactly what you do. They will say what you say, and they will hear what you hear. If you allow things to be on the TV that are full of curse words, and that's what they're going to hear. And if you, if you swear in your house, your children are going to swear because they will say what, you, what goes through their ears, that's what's going to come out of their mouth. And so it's your responsibility as a parent to guard your children because they are going to imitate you. They're going to mimic everything that you do. And as parents, we're going to be held accountable before God of what our children become. So if you don't want your children to swear, then you shouldn't swear either. Because I'm telling you, our children are going to do everything that you do. And so if you want to protect them, if you want to guard them, watch and be careful of what they see and watch and be careful of what they hear. Are you guys at Luke chapter 11, starting with verse 33? I'm not there yet. The lamp of the body, verse 33. None of you lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, you put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. We're talking about the body here. Remember in Romans it says offer your bodies as living sacrifices. It's telling us that the eye of our body is the lamp. Our eye is the lamp to our whole body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body is going to be healthy. So how do you offer up your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God? Watch your eyes. Because that is going to shine the light to the rest of your body. Let's continue. Go back to 34. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the, whole, that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. So we have to be careful with what we watch. You have to be careful with the things that you hear. I was talking to Rachel last week, and I told her, you know, working at my job, I mean, they're swearing all the time. You know, there are some things in your life that you really don't have any control over. So there's, all, there's constantly swearing and swearing all around me. And so sometimes I feel like when I go home or when I, you know, just do my normal thing away from my job, I kind of feel like those words are still in my head. How am I going to be able to get those out? The latter part of Romans 12 says, after it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, it says, be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So you have to renew your mind daily because whatever is in your mind, whatever you're dwelling on, it has been, the statistics say that we have 50,000 thoughts a day. 50,000 things go through your mind, in and out, in and out, in and out. 
and it's your own personal thoughts, things that you have to do, maybe your to-do lists. It could be maybe what happened yesterday, you're thinking about that. Some of it could be lies from the devil. Some of it could be scripture verses. Some of it could be swear words. Just thoughts continually running through your mind. And if you're not careful to renew your mind daily with the word, with praying, with worshiping, all that stuff is going to come out of your mouth. Because what did it say in Luke or in Matthew? It said, for out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth will speak. So we have to daily renew our mind in order for our words to be pure. We can't think thoughts that the devil is putting into our mind that, may, that are going to be negative, they are going to be lies, because if you start repeating those things in your mind, then you're going to start speaking death. And a lot of times when people are struggling and they're, they're, they're really struggling to live for God, it's because the devil is lying to them, and they don't discern that. If you're not careful to judge everything that comes to your mind, everything that, every thought that you have, you have to scrutinize everything. If you begin to think, well, I'm not good enough. If you have thoughts, well, you know, I can't make it, or or anything that's going to put you down, you have to understand the devil is lying to you. And the only way to combat that is through your words. You combat the lies of the enemy with the word of Christ. When the devil was lying to Jesus in the wilderness, Jesus replied, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus quoted the word back to the devil. That's how you defeat the devil. Okay, so... So when you have these thoughts and different things, you cannot dwell on those thoughts. You have to be renewing your mind all the time. And you cannot renew your mind by listening to secular music. You can't renew your mind if you never read your Bible. This Bible has been given to us for instructions on this earth. This is a love letter from Jesus. He has given this to us to combat the enemy. This is how you fight the devil. It's with the word of God. And you have to speak it into the air. The Bible says to call things that are not as though they, as though they were. So if, if there are things that you're not seeing in your life that you need answer to, that you need, you know, you're praying for it, you're not seeing it, call it out as though it was. Lord, my sister isn't saved, but I believe she's going to be saved in Jesus' name. Speak it out. Speak it out into the air. That is the power of our praise. That is why it's so important that when you worship God, you understand that those words are being, going out into the air. And why is it so important? Because the Bible says he's the prince of this world. He's the prince and ruler of this world. The devil is the ruler of this world. He's the prince of the air. And so when you're speaking words of life into the air, the devil has to flee. So that's how important it is. In order for our words to come out pure, we have to guard our mind. And you do that by guarding your eyes and guarding your ears. And we have to make sure we do that for our children. Because you cannot expect them to change. When they come to Sunday school, week after week after week, only on Sundays, and swelling is discipling them and teaching them. When they go back home with you and they can watch anything they feel like watching on TV and you're not guarding them, you're not doing your job. Because it is our responsibility to make sure that we're guarding them so that they could be pure, so they could have light shining in their eyes, so they could have light shining in their life. And a lot of our kids, you know, they pick up things that they learn in school. And many times they'll come home and say a swear word, and you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't swear. How do they learn this? Well, they're learning it in school. So it's so important. You have to understand they're repeating what they're hearing. So if you don't want them to do that, guard what they're watching on TV. And when it happens and when you realize that they're learning it from other places, guard them and teach them that it's not right to speak that way. Guard them. I can't even say it enough. We have to do that for our kids. Uh, number two, so let's go, to, go, let's go to watching our words. Let's go to James, James chapter 3.
And Andrew, you could put this up if you want. James chapter 3, 1 through 12. We're going to read a lot of the Bible today. Take your time because I'm still going there. It's hard to do it with one hand. James chapter 3, 1 through 12. Is everybody there? Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers and sisters, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Those who are never at fault in what they say are perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And there we go with the body again. It's all about us making sure that we're offering our bodies to the Lord, holy and pleasing to him. And so we've learned to do that through our eyes, watching our eyes, because it's the lamp to our whole body. And right now it's saying to us, if we are perfect, never fall in what we say, we could keep our whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. So among the parts of our body, our tongue is evil. Because the Bible says, how can you praise the Lord? Praise and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by human beings, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You have to make sure that the words that come out of your mouth are not bringing death into somebody else's life. Everything that you come up that comes out of your mouth should be beneficial for everybody who listens. The Bible says if you speak, you should speak as one speaking the very words of God. If all you're doing is all the words that you're saying, if it's bringing hurt to people, you're going to begin to notice that. You're going to begin to notice if people are kind of getting sick of the way that you talk, they're either going to tell you or they're going to ignore you. And that should be a warning, warning light to you. Because I, Joe preached about this when we first had issues with this. Not too bad, but we did want to address the church and the way we were speaking to each other. And so you have to understand now, in, in each and every one of our ministries, the leaders, if they notice that you're not talking right, they're going to check you on it. Because everything that you say needs to be uplifting to somebody else. We should never make anybody feel inadequate of the position that, that they're in in life. Whenever, when everybody comes together, when we're together, we have visitors coming you have to make sure that the words that you're speaking is going to edify the other person that's listening. Go to verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been born in God's likeness. I know you guys have heard my, um, my temper when it comes to traffic. I cannot stand driving when there's traffic. I don't believe semi-trucks should be on our roads. I think they should make something else for semi-trucks. And I don't believe that people who drive slow should be on the road. So I, I cannot stand being in traffic. I don't like stopping. I just want to be able to just freely move when the light turns green. So if I'm like the third person back, the third car, fourth car, it's been green for like five seconds and nobody's moving. 
So I always want to be the first one at the light. So once it turns green, I go and then I leave everybody behind me because I cannot stand traffic. I just, it's gotten really bad the latter part of my years. But anyway, so God had to really correct me because there was one time, it was getting to be really bad. And so, you know, you're always rushing to work in the morning. Everybody's always in your way. So you're like, oh, you idiot. And I kept doing that, right? And so God's like, what are you saying? You are cursing the very people that you pray for every Sunday, every day of your life. You're cursing the people in your city, calling them idiots, calling them slow pokes. You don't know how to drive. And the Bible's telling, telling me, do not curse with the same mouth that you praise God with. So I stopped doing that. I'll kind of say, you know, can you drive any slower? You know, I'll say something like that, but I won't call them a name. But God, God really convicted me about that because you have to be careful in the every, every little part of your life and what you're doing. You have to be careful what you're saying, what you're speaking, because I don't want to speak death over my city. That person that's in front of me that I think is driving slow, I'm praying for them to be saved. That person that's next to me that I want to kind of like, you know, beat to the, to the light, I'm praying for them to be saved. And so you have to make sure that you're not cursing mankind with the same tongue you're praising God with because that cannot be. Verse 10, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? There it goes again with the tree. If a tree is good, it's going to bear good fruit. If the tree is bad, it's going to bear bad fruit. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So what kind of spring are you going to be? What kind of fruit are you going to have on your tree? Because everything is going back to our body. The tongue is a part of our body. Our eyes is a part of our body. And everything that comes out of it is what makes a person unclean. Jesus himself was teaching that it's not what goes into a person Speaking about food, he was speaking about a different thing because the Pharisees are like, well, you know, why are you disciples, you know, not washing their hands before they're eating? Because it was a ritual in the Jewish in the Jewish nation to wash before they would eat, and the disciples didn't do that when they came into the house. And so the Pharisees, the Pharisees are like, well, why don't your disciples do it? And Jesus was telling them, listen, it's not what goes into the person that makes them unclean, but it's what comes out. And so the Pharisees were focused on the natural, you know, wash your hands before you eat, clean your feet, all this stuff. And it's like, no, 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 it's what's in your heart. It's what you put in, all this junk that comes to your eyes, that comes to your ears. It's what comes out that's going to make you unclean. It doesn't matter that you clean, you eat with dirty hands. Obviously, we, won't, we, don't, we don't want to do it for sanitary purposes. But he was, he was getting to a point with that. He was allowing them to see the, through the spiritual eyes, not through the physical, because the Pharisees were always about the natural. You know, don't do this, don't do that. And Jesus is like, I am here to open your eyes to the spiritual side of things. It doesn't matter if you eat with dirty hands, but if you have evil in your heart, it's going to come out. Let's turn to Colossians 3. And you could turn to this one too, Andrew. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to spend a little bit more time on this one. So you have to make sure that your words are full of life and faith, not of worry and fear. You cannot speak worry and fear all the time. If you're always constantly worried about your finances, if you're always constantly worried about what's going to happen to your children, that you're just living and speaking worry and fear, worry and fear. The Bible says, do not have the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. How are you going to have a sound mind? Is by being in the Word of God. We're not to live in fear. We're not to live in worry. The Bible says, do not worry about today. Do not worry about tomorrow, for today has enough trouble of its own. Do not the sparrows 
and, and the birds in the air? Doesn't God take care of them? We're not supposed to worry about our life. And so if you're always speaking words of doubt, words of just negativity, people around you are going to start to sense it, and you're going to continually speak death into your life. If you want something to change in your life, start speaking positive. Start speaking words of life and saying, you know what? I'm struggling in my finances, but praise God. He promised that he's never going to leave me, never forsake me. That if I was faithful to give to him, he will pour out a blessing that I won't have enough room for it. Let's start changing the way that we talk so that our attitude can change. So you've got to start declaring the promises of God because if you're not declaring them out of your mouth, you're not going to live in the victory that God has called you to live in. Everything that we need for life and godliness is in this word. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And you have to speak it into existence. And the reason why we keep iterating, reiterating that is because it says to us, the power of life and death is in your tongue. And so if we really believe that, then we're going to start speaking differently. The Bible says that Jesus was telling his disciples, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. How do you bind and loose things? With your word. So he was really serious when he told us, whatever you bind... Here on earth, whatever, whatever oppression that you bind, whatever lies of the devil that you're going to bind up with your word, it's going to be done in heaven. That's how serious he was in telling us that, that instruction because he knew that there was power in the things that we were to speak. Are you guys at Colossians chapter 3? The subtitle on top of this is Living as Those Made Alive in Christ. And so you have to understand that what I'm going through right now and talking about cleaning house is that these are areas in our life that we have to continually be sanctified in. And you shouldn't struggle with swearing after you've been saved. You shouldn't have to keep struggling with lying and all this stuff. These are things you should be sanctified and never have to go back to struggle with. Because your house needs to be cleaned. Your body has to be ready for Jesus to come back. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So our hearts and our minds need to be set above in heaven. We need to be about God's business. It says, do not be concerned with the earthly things. Don't set your mind on earthly things. And I know we all have obligations to our life obviously we have jobs we have our family we have our children that we have to take care of we have our ministries that we have to take care of everybody has something to do on this earth but do not set your mind on the things that are only temporary send your set your mind and your heart on heavenly things on god's business for you died and your life is now hidden with christ in god when christ who his, who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory. How many of you guys want to appear with Christ in glory? Put to death. Amen. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. All of us should have done this. If you are saved, if you are born again, if you are professing a relationship with Jesus, we all should have put our our flesh, our earthly nature to death. And this is what it is. There's a list. Whenever you see a colon, there's always going to be some kind of a list that comes after that scripture. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. A lot of this stuff will come through your eyes, your ears, 
and everything else, and it will become your action. Sexual immorality becomes an action because you allow lust to come through your eyes. It makes your whole body full of evil and darkness, and then you act upon it. Same thing with greed. You see things that you want. You want these shoes. You want that car. You want this house. And so you steal from God by holding back your tithe. You become greedy, and then it becomes your action. Verse 6, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Because of what? Because of those things that were just listed. God's wrath is coming because of the sexual immorality. God's wrath is coming because of the impurity, the lust, the evil desires, and greed. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. How many of you guys can, can confess, I used to live like that. I used to walk that way. But in the life you once lived before. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. So it's talking to us about the life you once lived when you weren't saved, the sexual immorality, immorality, the purity, the greed, all this stuff. But now it's telling you that even though you used to live like that and now you're made alive in Christ, now you also must rid yourself of this list. So what's this list going to be? Anger. Rage. Malice. Slander. And filthy language from your lips. Do you understand that you cannot have an angry spirit and please God? You cannot be easily angered. You cannot have slander on your lips. You cannot have filthy language on your lips. We will be judged with, for every word that we speak, every empty word that we speak. We, we will either be acquitted or condemned for every word that we have spoken. And so if you're a Christian here and you're struggling with this stuff, get it out because it's time to clean house. If you have anger, if you have bitterness, if you have jealousy, guess what? Those roots of evil in your life will be heard through your words. It is very easy to discern who struggles with those character issues because it's always on their mouth. So you used to live like that. Now the Bible says get rid of this too. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. If we're being renewed into the image of Christ, then we have to make sure that we do what Romans chapter 12 told us. Do not be conformed to this world, but renewed by the transforming of our mind. Okay, so we're in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all and is in all. Verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Now he's going to tell us what we are to do. He gave us a list of the life we once lived or the things that we used to do in the life we once lived. Then there was a list of the things that we now have to rid our lives of after being saved. And now he's going to talk to us about, and this is Paul, by the way, speaking to the church in Colossae. And now he's going to tell us how we're supposed to live as a people of God, holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. If we clothe ourselves with all of those things, our actions and our words, our attitude is going to show it. Because you show your compassion, you show your kindness, you show, you show your humility and gentleness and the patience through the words that you speak. And by and the things that you speak, you usually act upon. 
And so when we clothe ourselves with these fruit of the Spirit, this is a continued list. Many of these listed is already the fruit of the Spirit, but how many of you guys believe that humility and compassion is the fruit of the Spirit as well? Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. I believe it is very important as the body of Christ, as children of God, if you have unforgiveness in your heart to get rid of it. Because you cannot be clothed with who Jesus is. You cannot be clothed with these fruit of the Spirit and still have unforgiveness. If you have a grievance against somebody, forgive them. Because that is going to be something in your heart that is going to come out. And so when we're talking about cleaning house and watching our words and guarding our our ears and guarding our eyes and our thoughts and our minds and changing our attitude, these different things that you still have inside of you, you're not going to be able to grow in the Lord and get to the next level if you still have this inside. And so if you were hurt when you were little, if something bad happened to you, if somebody said something that offended you, forgive, 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 because you cannot live a Christian life still having this in your, in, in your heart. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. What are these virtues that he's talking about? Over all these virtues, put on love. The virtues is what he told us to clothe ourselves with. He's talking about compassion, the kindness, the humility, the gentleness, the patience. Over all of those virtues, put on love. Because if you have love in your heart for people, it's going to show. We're going to be able to hear it in your words. If you have love for people, it's going to be easy for you to be kind. If you love somebody, it's going to be easy for you to be a patient with them. If you love somebody, it's going to be easy for you to be kind and gentle with them. That's the whole point of the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit that are listed in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 are nine. From love all the way to self-control. And if you look at love and self-control as the book ends, you know, you have your book cover in the front to the back. Love and self-control hold all of the other fruit in place. You have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, if you look at love and self-control as the book, the book ends that hold the whole book together, well, then love and self-control will tell you to be kind. Love and self-control will tell you to be gentle. Love and self-control will tell you to be faithful. And so all over all of those virtues put on love. And going back to the issue of forgiveness, Jesus himself said, if you do not forgive your brother on earth that has sinned against you 70 times, 7 times, then my Heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. And so it's, very, it's a very serious issue when we're talking about forgiving people, not holding things against somebody, not holding things against somebody that did something to us or said something to us. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. We have to let the peace of Jesus be in our life. Since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let your thankfulness be heard on your lips. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. But if you have all the other junk in your heart, if you allow darkness to come through your eyes, you won't have gratitude in your heart. You won't have thankfulness on your lips. You won't be able to sing in the Spirit and worship the Lord and the fellowship of other believers. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him.
So how many of you guys believe today that there's some things you've got to clean out of your house? Because our temple, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, you have to make sure that there's no darkness. You have to make sure that there's no dirt inside of your life. And so if you guys could stand up to your feet, if the band, the whole band could come and prepare to sing that song, we're going to transition now into the altar time. And I want us to spend some time at the altar. Because I believe that every one of us right now can either confess an attitude Confess that we have been talking right. Confess different sins of bitterness and unforgiveness. There are things on your MySpace that shouldn't be there. And I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to tell you, go back and fix your MySpace if it doesn't please God. If you have secular music on your MySpace, I'm sorry, but you're not a Christian. Because you cannot profess to be saved and still listen to the garbage of this world. The devil, when he was an angel, his name was Lucifer. And he was in charge of the worship in heaven. And he was the most beautiful angel. He was the most elevated angel. And he was in charge of all the other angels. And he was in charge of worship. What do you think the devil does now since he's been damned as the devil after rebelling against God, having pride in his heart because he wanted to be God? What do you think he does with that gift? You think he doesn't have the gift of music anymore? The devil influences every secular artist. Every artist that you listen to, all of that music has been influenced by the devil. Every rap song, every hip-hop song, every booty-bumping song is influenced by the devil himself. And so if you allow your children, if you allow yourself to turn on that music, you are listening to the very words of the enemy. So we cannot entertain that music. The devil is very much into the business of our music industry in America and all across this world because that's what he used to do. So if he could get if he could get the teenagers through the music, that's how he's going to get you. He will get anybody through music because music is a part of who we are. We were created to worship God. We were created to worship and we were created for worship, for music. And the devil still has that ability because that's what he used to do when he was in heaven. And now he's using it for his own glory and destruction of mankind. So I challenge you, change your life. It's time to clean house. Because when we gather together and you bring that junk into this place, God's spirit can't move. If you've been listening to secular music all week long, you expect to press in to worship on Sunday mornings, it's not going to happen for you. If you've been speaking negatively, words of death over yourself, over your life, and now you want to come and you want to profess the word and say amen to when the pastor preaches the word of God, guess what? You're not having any breakthrough because you haven't been doing it on your own. It's time to change the way that we talk. It's time to change the way that we think. Guard your eyes. Guard your mind. Guard your thoughts. Guard your ears. Do it for your children. Change the way that you speak. Let's speak like we are children of God. Let's talk like we've been saved, like God has done something inside of us. Because if you've truly been saved, then we're going to be able to tell by the way that you talk. My youth pastor's wife told me once that you have to train people how to treat you. You train people how to speak to you. And I've never forgotten that lesson. And she only told me that one time, and I never forgot it. And then I just saw it exemplified in her life. You train people how to talk to you. If they're making a joke about you, about somebody that you know, and you don't laugh at it, guess what? They're going to be like, oops, maybe I shouldn't have said that. You train people how to talk to you. You train them to respect you. You train people 
to treat you right, to not say certain jokes around you. You train people not to swear when they're speaking to you. I was at work one day, and uh, one of the computer guys from IT department came over to our branch because he had to fix one of the scanners. And so I'm sitting, you know, I'm there with my supervisor because they want me to learn this new system. And this guy's trying to fix it. It's not working. And he, he used Jesus and the F word in the same sentence. And I looked at him. I said, it's not Jesus' fault this isn't working. And then my supervisor laughed. She's like, you don't know who you said that to. That's what she said to him. Because you have to make sure that when people are around you and you're saying stuff like that, that it's not okay. It's not okay for them to use Jesus and the F word in the same sentence around me. I'll say something. And so you have to be the same way. And you can notice when people don't swear around you at work because there's a certain level of respect. They'll swear amongst themselves. I'll still hear it. But I've noticed that when they're talking to me and they're trying to describe something that happened to them, they won't swear when they're explaining it. And so we have to come up to a different level as children of light. The Bible says we're children of light. There's no more darkness in us. If we continue to walk in darkness, then we haven't been made new in Christ. Read 1 John. The book of 1 John is, talks all about this, living as children of light, not allowing the darkness to continue to be inside of us because we have to shine. We have to shine our light. And so we have to come up to a different level. So I want you guys to prepare to spend time at these altars to let God renew you, sanctify you, uh, refresh your life change your life change your words say lord i give you my words i give you my thoughts every day i have been changed i have been redeemed i will speak the word of god i will confess his promises you declare to god what you're going to do and he's going to do his part so with everybody's eyes closed all across this place we're going to take time to pray right now and i want you to come to this altar if there's bitterness in your heart if there's unforgiveness in your life if you've never given your life over to Jesus, if you have not been born again, the Bible says, if a man is not born again, he shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. You will not get to heaven through religion. You will not get to heaven because you're, you say that you're a Christian or because you say that you're, you're Catholic. That's not your ticket to heaven. You will go to heaven this morning. Everybody, at the sound of my voice here this morning, if you have not been born again, you will not go to heaven. So if you want God to change your life, if you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus, I want you to come up to the front. Because the Bible says if you're ashamed of Jesus and his words, then he's going to be ashamed of you on judgment day. So you cannot be ashamed of him this morning. If you are not saved, if you have not been living the way God wants you to live, if you have not been born again, that means you've asked Jesus to come into your life. He's made you alive in him. You've been renewed. You've changed the way that you're going to live now. If that has not happened to you, I want you to step up to the front. And for anybody else that has been professing a life with Christ, that have has, that you guys have, are honestly going to say, I've had a bad attitude. I'm not watching the words that, I, that I'm speaking. I've been allowing the devil to lie to me. I still have anger in my life. I still have bitterness in my life. I'm still negative all the time. I swear when I'm at work, I don't, I don't watch the things that are pleasing to God. I don't watch the right movies. I want you guys all to come up to the front. We're going to worship God, and you're going to allow God to change your life, and then we're going to call the elders to pray for you. So everybody, make your way up to the front and just start talking to Jesus. Say, Lord, touch me, transform me, change me, mold me, make me. I want to be more like you. Jesus, we consecrate ourselves. Griselda, can you please pray with her this morning? going to consecrate ourselves before God because he says to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. 
holy and pleasing to God. And when we do that, when we do not conform to the pattern of this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, the Bible says, then you will know what God's will is. His good, perfect, and pleasing will for your life. Some of you guys say, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what I'm here. I don't know what his plan is. Guess what? Renew your mind every day. And the Bible says you will be able to discern what his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Hallelujah, Jesus. Change us.